welcome to the Purposed Marriage Podcast. If you are in a marriage that is damaged or broken and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you will find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse to a closer walk with the Lord and each other. God can and does heal marriages no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Larson. With me, as always, is my wife, Amy Larson. Amy, say hello. Hello. Well, we are still in a pandemic, uh, dealing with the uh, reality of coronavirus and uh, having to put into practice all sorts of new things that uh, maybe not might not come naturally to us. Uh, social distancing being one, staying at home mm-hmm. uh, being another, not being able to get out and experience um, life or interactions with other people. Um, this is a this is a trying time right now for a lot of us. Yeah, I think it's really difficult too. For us not being able to attend church, that's such a norm for us. Mm. I'm very thankful that we have online worship, um, but I know when we are able to get back, I am definitely going to enjoy worship together with the congregation. Yeah, that's been that's been missed, and there's something to be said about the uh, face-to-face interactions we are able to experience with the body of Christ and yeah. uh, those friends and family and. Uh, when they're not there, um, there is, I won't say a sense of loss, but a, a feeling of unconnectedness. Yeah. You know, like there's something void. missing. Yeah. Um, well, on that note, uh, the theme for today or the question we're asking, why wait on God? Many of us, I feel, are probably ready for this time in our nation's history, world history, to be over and done with. Uh, many are getting impatient even to the point of risking uh, their own health because they are so anxious to get back to business as usual. Or the health of others. Yeah. Uh, And so I think there is definitely a lesson to be learned there, and we're going to try to tie it back into uh, what standards uh, find themselves in when it comes to waiting on the Lord to Mm -hmm. uh, work in their own hearts, work in the heart of their prodigal and restore their marriage. Uh, the verse we want to look at, our theme verse for today, comes from Lamentations three, twenty-five through 27. I'll go ahead and read that. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Again, that's Lamentations three, twenty-five through 27. Well, having read this, how should we describe the act of waiting on God, Amy? Well, I mean, I think it it says that it's a good thing that we should wait on on the Lord. And also, you know, another thing when you read that verse, um, I mean, I've read it previously, but when you read it just now, it talks about waiting quietly, Mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's, I think there's a difference in waiting quietly and patiently and then someone who waits, but that is not quiet and is very impatient. So I like that distinct distinction there. What struck me about this was the phrase, it is good. 
Mm-hmm. And I was reminded of somewhere else in Scripture where we heard that. Can, can you remember? Does that come to mind? It is good. Remember the days of creation. After, oh, yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. When he saw what he had created Genesis, and it was good. And it was good. Now, back mm-hmm. then, the Lord had just created it. It was good. It was perfect. As we examine this verse further, uh, the next question, what is the promised reward for those who wait? What does it say? That the Lord will be good to us. Yes, it says the Lord is good to those who wait for Him. The Lord is expecting us to do something that is simply wait. He promises to be good. I would say that if the Lord promises good for us, uh, we can rest assured it's going to be something that really helps us, that benefits us, that brings us happiness and joy and fulfillment. Right. right? I mean, and it's definitely worth the wait. It is definitely worth the wait. Well, in terms of escaping or getting past the burdens or suffering we are experiencing in this life, uh, what else does this verse have to say? It says that it is good that we bear the yoke. Bearing the yoke. What are we talking about when we say bearing the yoke? What does that actually mean? Well, I think you have to go back to looking at what the yoke actually means. Um, You know, being subject to authority God often talks about taking the yoke upon him. And so we need to look to God and we need to place our trust in him. In this verse, he's talking about waiting. Um, So, you know, in a sense, it's talking about subjection to authority. If we think back to how the yoke was actually used in terms of uh, agriculture and farming and how how these farmers used beasts of burden to plow the field. The yoke was put upon that animal to direct them. Keep them in line. To keep them in line Mm -hmm. and to produce a result that was favorable to the farmer. Right. Right. And it was for the uh, cattle's own good that they abide by what the yoke was telling them to do. If they weren't, what would probably happen is that farmer, whoever was... Uh, directing the cattle, they would severely whip them mm-hmm. and to get them back in line. They, there would be they a would, punishment. They would punish them. Right. That's right. Right. And so uh, by placing that burden upon uh, the cattle, the farmer was actually being compassionate because they were preventing that cow or whatever was pulling it from continuing to face wrath and punishment the rest of his life. Right. Right. So uh, to... To bring this back to uh, what God allows into our lives sometimes, we, we call these things burdens or yokes. They have a definite purpose behind them. Right. Now, in, in the case of uh, my life and where I was and what the Lord had to use uh, to bring me back to Him, He had to place this heavy yoke upon me. It was definitely a burden. It was to get me back in line. And it was because He loved me. He wa- wanted what was best for me. It's not something that we tend to look favorably on. I mean, <laughs> no. we all want well, to be unyoked right. and uh, not have these burdens we want to uh, do hoisted our own upon thing. us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's in that personal affliction that we learn how to live according to God's will and have right living. Right. And that is when character is developed and it helps to mature us in our faith so that uh, we are able to cope with more. You know, later on in life, we were able to help 
the body of Christ yeah, more. help others, mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. Yeah. So as we look back in this verse, uh, it is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Basically what's being said is accept these things that are happening to you right now. And uh, I will tell you that, again, for me, when I was experiencing them, initially I would ask the Lord, why? Why mm. are you doing this to me? But the more I matured in my faith, the more I realized this was happening for my own good. Right. It was shaping me. And that was the perspective I continued to then have uh, throughout the course of my stand. Working on the theme of waiting on God, Amy, can you reflect back on the time when you decided uh, the time for waiting was over and the desire for oneness in our marriage simply be abandoned? Well, I think once we got to the 10-year mark, not that I ever had, you know, this placeholder, I guess you could say, in in line or, you know, I never really thought of it that way. But I think once we got to the 10-year mark... You, you, you didn't think that, all right, I'm God, I'm going to give you 10 years? Right. No, I, yeah. I, never, I never thought of it that way. I mean, I think... In marriage, you know, a lot of times you don't realize how many years pass. And I mean, at that point, we had had three children. And so the years passed by quickly. So I'd never put, yeah, a placeholder. You know, if God, if you don't change him by this time, then I'm going to give up or anything like that. But I think once we were headed into the 10th year, and in my opinion, I hadn't seen a whole lot of heart change And in fact, it seemed to be getting worse than it was better. I think at that point, I just gave up and said, okay, God, you know, it has been 10 years. Um, I think I've waited long enough. I've prayed about this. I've asked him to seek counseling with me. We had been to a counselor previously, not for very long. Um, But, you know, in my mind, it's like that didn't work out. and, And Tommy didn't want to be a part of that. So, I mean, I guess this means I'm just left to... Um, you know, abandon the marriage, abandon my vows, and 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 that's going to be well. It. You could either abandon the marriage, uh, or you could stay in it and continue to suffer as you were. Right? right. Those were basically your two options. Yes. I I can go ahead and point to the emotional issues. I mean, you weren't happy. You may have shown that face on the outside, uh, but inside, I know you've you've shared recently that. Uh, many a night you cried yourself to sleep oh, absolutely. because there was no no joy. Uh, the financial the financial issues. I mean, uh, paying for the mortgage here. There was uh, the rent, uh, the apartment that I was dealing with right. at, at the time. We were actually sending our oldest to a Christian school, which was a not private Christian, school. which was not cheap. Was, right, and yeah. you know I remember thinking while we were doing that, that, that we're so, we're hypocrites. We're, we're sending our child to a Christian school while we are living a life that is contrary to what is being taught at this Christian school. Right. I at could never same, reconcile right. that. At the same time, I think for the prodigal though, the prodigal's thinking, well, if they're going to get instruction, I mean, it's clearly not playing out in our marriage as I had hoped it would. So perhaps he will pick up things in a Christian school that will better benefit him in life and he can learn from our mistakes. Mm. I mean, that's a, that's a prodigal's point of view. Um, I would say, yes, it is hypocritical. Um, but at the same time, I, I think that that's how 
most prodigals would view that? Uh, from a spiritual point of view, due to the fact that you had essentially given up, you stopped waiting, that your walk with the Lord suffered. Perhaps you maybe lost faith in God's ability to uh, restore or to make the marriage better. <laughs> yes, well, I had lost all hope in God's ability to restore you. <laughs> oh, yes, um, yes. It, it was a God can do everything in his power, and I know he's powerful and mighty, but he can restore everything and everyone, but there's no hope for my doomed husband. He can't change that man's heart. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He is too far gone. And so, you know, I, th I think here, here's, here's my opinion on that. I, I think that had it originally been what I had asked of you, that maybe we had some time to you know, pray about this and um, just some time to kind of work through it, maybe a week or two to work through those issues that, that we, that could have been, I, I think that that was a good time, a much needed time. Had I continued to follow through with my request of you, let's have a couple of weeks, let's have some time where we can reflect on this. I think that that would have been good. I think initially when I uh, was given the counsel uh, by uh, Pastor Joe at church and we started that process, there was great progress made, you know, within a week. I mean, oh, basically, mm -hmm. uh, I was being transparent at that time right. and willing to just deal with this head on. And uh, I think had you seen the seriousness uh, from my point of view, and listened to the counsel that was even uh, given, given to, to you mm -hmm. yeah, by the counselor. Um, they had reached out back to you. Uh, mm -hmm. But <laughs> it was funny because you wanted me to have the counseling, but then the counseling I was receiving, I thought, that's great, but I don't want to hear what the counselor has to say with regards to me. And I don't want right? to be a part of it. It's just counseling that's needed for you, not for me. Yeah. But had I had I gone along with what I'd portrayed to you, which was maybe, you know, two weeks of intensive counsel and then a coming back together, I really think that all of this would have come to a head. We could have worked through it properly. There would have never been um, a no-fault divorce um, you know, and uh, sorry, no fault divorce. That's, that's what, that's, that's what it was called on paper. Yeah, phony baloney. I, uh, yeah, there is plenty of fault. It's nobody's fault. It's such right. a, it's such a it's, lie from the pit of hell. Right. Well, I mean, it's a joke anyway, like what? A no fault divorce. So basically like we've just decided it, we it can't. just happened. Yeah. It just happened to us. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's to blame. Right. We're speaking sarcastically, of course here, but, uh, but the spiritual issue, and what I really want to hit on here, is how this um, lack of faith and lack of trusting in God and waiting right. really affected your relationship with the Lord. Right. Because and you were not then close to Him. You were saying that you were, but you were far from Him. Right. Well, and I think that's what I was, I was trying to get to, and I lost track. Um, but I think had we come back together in those two weeks, and had I listened to the advice, had I understood how seriously you were taking it, 
I think that that really could have brought us back together very quickly. Um, I think that God would have used that time um, because I knew, I mean, looking at it now, I know that God used that time in your life to help get, get a hold of your attention. Uh, what I was not allowing God to do was to get my attention. And so, therefore, I kind of turned away from God. And although I was still praying and, you know, reading my Bible, I was very selective um, on what I was reading. And I was only purposely reading things to justify my actions. And so, you know, when you're looking to the Lord and you're looking to Scripture to justify your sinful behavior, you're not truly seeking the Lord. You're seeking loopholes. I'm curious, how would you characterize your prayer uh, during that time? Was there selfish motivation? Was it uh, coming from the standpoint of, oh Lord, uh, why is this happening to me? Uh, Make me happy once again or make this divorce go through quickly so I can be free of him? Or what were you? (laughs) Yes, all of that. All of that. Yeah, I mean, well, and. Yes, it was a selfishness, but it it was more of an avoidance. I just wanted it to be over with, to be done with, and so I could move on with my life and make life, you know, what it is that I wanted from life. Okay, so again, you wanted something quickly. Yes, it right? was very quick. We don't want swift. to wait on this to play out or just, I want it right yeah, now. Yeah, and I didn't want to work through it. I mean... At the point when I said, I'm done, I truly meant I'm done. I turn it off. And, and you know, that that tends to happen in my life more often than I care to admit. I mean, I've had to really work on things of that nature um, my whole life because it's like I get very harsh and defensive. And it's like, no, I'm done. Move on to the next thing. And what happens is not only do I harm you know, relationships, but I I harm my witness. I harm my walk with the Lord. Um, I mean, it's, it's very harmful in a lot of different ways. So it's not just about me. And all I was focused on was you getting the help you needed, but I didn't see that I needed help myself. And I think a lot of times what we do is we're so blinded to our own sin because we're looking to someone else and we're looking at all of their problems and we're not seeking and searching our own hearts and asking the Lord, okay, Lord, what is it in me that you're wanting to teach me? Instead of saying, why is this happening to me? We need to really say, God, what is it that you want me to learn through through this? What is it in my life that I need to put off? Well, what are you trying to and teach replace you? It? What are you trying to teach me? Right. Uh, at this moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, spiritually, I was very disconnected. Um, although one could say, well, you know, she read her Bible and she was reading scripture and she was, you know, searching the Lord. Um, I wasn't truly searching for the Lord's will. I was searching for my own will. Well, you weren't searching for the Lord with all your heart no. and with the right spirit and your motivation. <laughs> no. Uh, the motivation behind it was selfishness. That was, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was another unintended consequence, I'd say, there because of the not waiting on the Lord. And we think about our children 
and mm-hmm. how they were suffering emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, mommy yeah. living in one house, daddy uh, in the apartment over there, and trying to understand why is this happening. Right. You know. Think yeah, of, and I mean, you don't really think about it. I don't think until you have to go through it. The packing up of packing up the clothes and. Do we have enough clean clothes to get through the week? Or does daddy have enough, you know, at that time, does daddy have enough diapers to change the little one? And, you know, it's just, those are things that God never, ever intended for marriage. Um, There are so many hurtful consequences. and, And honestly, I see even to this day, we have had to really work, especially with, with one of our children, we have really had to focus on him because he was quite young. And I think our older son was able to understand it better. Um, our youngest son was such a baby that I don't think he was truly affected in, in a lot of the ways that the older ones were. I don't think he has much memory. <laughs> I don't either. A lot of that. But I, I know that. I'm grateful our, for that. Oh, me too. I'm, I know, though, that our middle son did. And it really did affect him in a lot of ways that still kind of pop up today. Um, He has a lot of questions. He likes routine. If things are not done, you know, in a certain order or if things seem off to him, he gets very frustrated and scared and fearful. And to this day, he still has anxiety and we are having to work through that. And it was never evident until we separated. Mm. And, um, you know, it just, it still breaks my heart to think that they thought in some way this had consequences, you know, in their lives that they thought it was their fault or that they did something to make mommy and daddy not love each other. I'm glad you brought that up because those who are pursuing a divorce uh, will lie to themselves and uh, convince themselves that if they just explain it the right way and use the right words or shower their children with gifts, they'll get over this. This or, is not that big a deal, right? And it's not going to produce any long-term harmful effects, right? And I've also heard, you know, children are resilient. We don't give them enough credit, and and that kind of thinking is just falsehoods. It's not true. Um, I mean. And I even, you know, I really encourage you to go look at, you know, some statistics on these matters because it is quite damaging. Um, And, you know, it's not to say that kids cannot, you know, have a, a wonderful life and God cannot use them or you in any way. We are not suggesting that at all. But I mean, let's go back to the Bible and how did God intend Adam and Eve, man and woman, husband and wife? It was meant to be a long-term, lifelong connectedness, a oneness between man and woman that represented Christ and the church. And so we need to always turn back and look, okay, what what is it that scripture says? And how was it demonstrated? Marriage was created by God, and for what? How? What's the purpose of that? And so, you know, just to always turn back and say, this was God's perfect will. 
And we need to do everything possible in order to get back to that oneness that God had intended for marriage. I don't think anyone would argue that God doesn't know what's best. (laughs) Right. All right. He said it from the very beginning. This was the plan. This is what I intended. And how dare we think to ourselves, well, yeah, maybe that would work. But in my situation, uh, if I go through the divorce, I can get what I want. Maybe my plan might be a little bit better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And for the prodigal, I I can say it is never the best plan. I mean, and just look at, you know... The perfect example, the prodigal son. I mean, look at him. He was, you know, he was at a point where he's feasting with pigs and thinking, wow, I mean, even the slaves of my father have it better off than I do. I mean, you know, it's it's just, it's a downward spiral when you start following your own heart's desires and you stop following God's desires. Well, we're foolish uh, if we seek after second best. Mm -hmm. We know what perfection looks like. God, again, going back to Genesis, he said, one man, one woman, this is how I intended it. It's, It's such a shame that we can think that we know better than God and that we can actually make this other situation work and it can be just as good as maybe this first marriage that didn't work out. Right. And we're deceiving ourselves. Uh, It will never be as good. There are consequences for our actions and for going out on our own and thinking that we can uh, create a situation that is as good or on the same level as what God originally intended. Right. We cannot. No, we We cannot. And so much of the problem stems from the fact that we refuse to wait. Right. We try to do things in our own timeline and... um, you know, we're not patient. We, we, we don't matters. give God the time to mm-hmm. uh, do what it is He desires to do. Right. We take you know? matters into our own hands all the time. Well, let's move on to question two. Um, Tommy, you decided early on to wait on God and to remain faithful to your vows no matter how long it took. Why were you so committed to the stance and what did you draw from Scripture that persuaded you to stay on this path? Well, Christ was the ultimate example of staying faithful. Uh, He stayed committed to uh, loving and pursuing me despite my open rebellion. Uh, You know, for me, the story of Abraham and Sarah painted a very clear picture of what it means to wait. But not just to wait, but wait in the face of impossible odds. I mean, how, how old was Sarah when she gave birth to Isaac? Was she in her 90s? Yeah, oh, I, th- I think she was already in her hundreds because in her nineties is when she was old. Yeah, <laughs> okay. In her nineties is when she persuaded. Yeah, right. Avery. Okay, so the promise would, was made years and years before, so they waited a long time. I'm sure they had friends, relatives who may have said that this is foolish. There's no way this can happen. In fact, they may have been the ones helping to convince her that she needs to give up on God's promise and take matters into her own hands. Right. You know, and uh, as I stood for our marriage in the face of the divorce, uh, the statistics were not on my side in terms of (laughs) restoration. Right. I was fully aware of that. The odds were not very good. And for somebody hoping to or, or seeking a restoration of a marriage where the divorce already went through, 
uh, it's uh, it's slim to none yeah. that this is from my earthly, worldly point right. of view. Right. But again, I went back to Scripture, and I knew this is the God who created the universe. He can do any and all things. He shows us countless examples throughout Scripture where he performed miraculous signs and wonders in the face of insurmountable odds. And I thought, this is, this is my God. He's on my side. <laughs> right. So it really doesn't matter what these naysayers um, communicate to me. I'm going to keep my eyes focused on the Lord and cling to his promise and seek his perfect will, that is the restoration of our marriage, and not listen to those who say, you need to get on with your life. You need to forget about her. It wasn't meant to be. You need to find your own happiness. That was all nonsense as far as I was concerned. Uh, this was due to the fact that the Lord at that time was then reigning in my heart, and I was following Him, and I was listening to right. Him, and I was doing what the Word of God was telling me to do. Uh, and I'm, I'm so glad uh, that I was obedient back then, because had I not, had I been swayed, the outcome could have been dramatically different. We would not be in the situation we're in now, and being able to minister to other people. Right. I mean, I know for myself, I'm extremely grateful that you were obedient and that you listened because, you know, we had a conversation about this, I think, two days ago, just saying, wow, just imagine how different our lives would be. And I can honestly say, even though, you know, this quarantine or the coronavirus have, have kept us from you know, away from loved ones and our church family and things of that nature. Um, for us, because we haven't had any bouts of sickness or anything like that, it has been such a blessed time together, like truly an uninterrupted time that we can spend together as a family. And I was just briefly thinking, what if we weren't in this position? You know, what if we were divorced still and you know, Tommy was still in, in the apartment and I was still in this home. I mean, there's no, there's no way we could have managed, you know, to, to do the things that we're doing now. And just, you know, I can say I have full joy in God and um, happiness and peace about all the decisions that that we have made. And I also am fully aware of, you know, my walk away from the Lord, but he also offers forgiveness. And I think that so oftentimes prodigals think that, you know, they've just taken the wrong path and they've made one too many bad decisions and that God can never forgive them. And so they stay on the path that they think, well, you know, it's like a path of shame. Well, I, I, I made this decision. Now I have to stick to it. And what they don't realize is that God is such a forgiving God and he's so gracious and merciful. And if we just align our lives back with him, he will bless the socks off of us. I mean, truly, I just think of how, how much joy and happiness and peace there has been since he restored our marriage, not only for us, but with our children, with our entire family on both sides, um, with everyone that, you know, we minister to, the people in our church. I mean, it's just, it's been, it's been a blessing for so many to see and nothing that we've done, but to give that glory and honor to God. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's amazing. Like no words could ever describe. Well, 
I, I go back to the fact that this is his plan. Right. This is what he wanted. This is what I'm saying to you. Uh, wait on me. I will give you what is best for you. Mm-hmm. You know, don't fall into the trap of thinking that, well, it's it's going to take too long or maybe God has forgotten about me. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, it's not going to be nearly as good as what God has in store for you. Right. If you just remain obedient and wait on him. Right. Again, there are so many examples in scriptures where we see people refusing to wait. Right. And doing things because they have gotten impatient and they create a big mess for themselves. <laughs> right. Huge messes. In fact, we're going to talk about that here. Uh, Amy, in the story of Abraham and Sarah, which I, I just mentioned, we see a, a wonderful example of God being faithful to his promises. But we also see what happens when we, when we become impatient and take matters into our own hands. Uh, what were the results of this poor decision? Well, you know, Sarah and Abraham were not having a child at the time. And they, you know, Sarah was older. And so she persuaded Abraham to allow their servant Hagar uh, to assist in God bringing I, the I, promised I, offspring. I, I think how messed up <laughs> is that your servant, you're going to send her to your husband mm-hmm. so he can impregnate her so that you can have the son that God promised, promised you. you. To mm-hmm. get to that point where you think this is going to be God's plan, this is how it's going to get done, she was completely deceived. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, sh- again... Well, and so was Abraham because he bought into it as well. Right. And, you know? I, again, you have to go back to, with God, all things are possible. She didn't think it was possible for her to get pregnant because yeah. of her age. Not just the things that we think are possible, all things. All things, right. right. Yeah, it's not like, well, you know, God says in His Word that that the things that we think are possible are reasonable. No, that's not what God says. He says that all things are possible. And we have to understand that He is mighty and powerful, and there is nothing that He cannot do. And if He tells you he is going to do it, then he is going to keep his promise. Well, as we think about the consequences of both of their lack of faith and refusal to wait on God, uh, there has been nothing but conflict between the descendants of Ishmael and Isaac. Mm-hmm. If you think back on that story, uh, they were basically at war from the very beginning. Uh, and this is carried on to our present day. Uh, it can be argued that the vast majority of the violence and instability in the Middle East can find its roots in this sibling rivalry dating back to ancient times. And why? Because somebody wasn't patient. They right. refused to wait on God to do what He promised. Right. And I think I want to speak into that just a little bit. I know that, you know, here Americans don't really, uh, I mean, it, it's hard to understand, I guess, the conflict, so to speak, between Ishmael and and Isaac um, and how, you know, in the Middle East, is this something that's really present today in today's society? I can absolutely tell you, yes. Um, for some of our listeners, you may not know, but I lived in Egypt for several years. And when I was there, <laughs> one of the very big points of conflict in discussion over 
the um, Quran versus, you know, the Bible and, and what's said in, in either book um, was Ishmael and Isaac. And I mean, that would start a quicker argument or brawl, so to speak, than anything else. Um, and so it is very much present still. Um, Isaac was not recognized as the promised son. And so, you know, if, if you're unfamiliar with that conflict or you're not aware of some of the background of that, I mean, definitely go and, and research that. But I can say without a doubt that is very present. And, you know, again, it all goes back to a sibling rivalry due to them not waiting on the Lord mm-hmm. to fulfill his promises. Mm-hmm consequences they could never have envisioned at the time. Well, Sarah did what was right in her own eyes. Well, what does scripture have to say about situations where we do that? Gives us a warning. Yeah. I mean, the warning is very present in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Stop, stop right there. Do not lean on your own understanding. Very clear. Right. Don't try to figure it out on your own. <laughs> right. Go back to Scripture and do what it says. Right. It's there for a reason. Right. And if, in continuation mm-hmm. of that verse, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. I mean, that sums it up pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you could have a a better verse to sum it up. Yeah, trust in the Lord uh, with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Uh, Well, I guess this next one is going to come to me. Uh, Yes. Um, There appears to be a direct parallel between waiting on God and faith. The two of these seem to be explicitly connected. What are some verses we can point to to encourage us to wait on God and to trust in faith? Well, we have several scripture references, and we'll sort of uh, go back and forth. And I'll start with 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The next one comes from Hebrews eleven six, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Who seek him, not, not our own understanding. Not our own understanding. That's <laughs> right. right. Isaiah forty thirty one, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. James 1.12 Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Micah 7.7 7, But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Romans 12.12 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And finally, Matthew 21, verses 21 through 22. And Jesus answered and said to them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, 
you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, Be taken up and cast into the sea, it will happen. And all things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Well, for some of us, waiting on God to answer our prayers has become a very real struggle. We are tempted every day to move on and to take matters into our own hands. The world tells us to go out and get whatever we are longing for and seeking after. The Word of God, though, points us in a different direction. We want to encourage you to simply wait on God. There are so many verses throughout Scripture that emphasize the importance of patience and allowing God the time to do what only He can. And if you are struggling in this area, ask God to increase your faith and to mold you into the vessel He would have you be, one who fully believes in the sovereignty of God and trusts in faith that His faithfulness to hear and answer our prayers will come in His perfect timing. Well, listeners, now is the time in our show when we want to mention and pass along some prayer requests that have been sent to us. Again, we do this with the intent of helping to build an army of prayer warriors who can join you in the spiritual battle for your marriage. And as a reminder, if you have a specific request that you would like to have mentioned on our show, please email us at prayer at purposedmarriage.org and be sure to put in the subject line, On Air Prayer. We also just added a section on our website yes, that, that you can just, fill out. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, don't forget to mention, you can go to that section on the main menu, and it says On Air Prayer, and then you can just fill yeah. out the form, and it'll come straight to just us. Just fill out that form. Uh, well, for this broadcast, we have a request from Richard C., who writes, In many ways, our story mirrors yours. After 16 years, our marriage is on the brink of ending, having suffered death by a thousand cuts. My wife has indicated she will be pursuing divorce, but I am committed to our marriage, our children, and want to honor my commitment to the Father and our vows. Please pray that He intervenes and that He shapes me into the husband she deserves, that I honor her as Christ honors the church, and that she turns to Him and He points her heart back to me. Thank you for sending in this request, Richard. Uh, The refining fires are are quite painful, and we'll pray that God uses this time in your life uh, to mold you into the man He has always desired for you to be. And in in God's perfect timing, uh, the Lord would call your wife back to Him in your marriage. Um, We'd also like to ask our listening audience to pray for our ministry, and that the Lord would expand our reach and help us make connections with those who are in need of spiritual help and guidance related to their marriages. Uh, Along with this request, we would like to encourage all of you who are listening to share our ministry with others, either through in-person conversations or online methods. Uh, We believe wholeheartedly that the Word of God will not return void, And it's for this reason we desire the message and truth continuing to be shared from Scripture to make its way to the listening ears of individuals needing to hear it most. Well, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, as we come together now before you, we ask forgiveness for far too often relying on our own wisdom and understanding when it comes to managing and handling the trials and tribulations brought into our lives. Help us all, Lord, to seek you first and foremost and to desire to be taught the lessons we so desperately need to learn. For all the marriages out there that are seemingly hanging on by a thread, or even for those found in a state of complete brokenness, we pray that you, Father, the God of redemption and restoration, would heal all the hurts 
and bind up our wounds so that true reconciliation would occur. Help us all to fully trust in you, Lord, and in the wisdom of your perfect plan for marriage. Let us not be swayed by the wisdom of this world. Help us to remain faithful to our covenants and to you, God, as your Son has been faithful to us. Go with us now, and may we all live lives that are acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage, no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage and desire to learn more about how to live biblically during times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. The address is contact at purposedmarriage.org. Until our next broadcast, may God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.